Good morning. It is 9.07. Glad to have you with us. Glad to be with you. Should they send the money back? We'll uh, kind of kick that around. I'll give you the uh, details in just a couple of minutes. Uh, but first, I'm going to kick it off with this. I waited until the final hour of the program yesterday. Um, Columbia uh, listeners have uh, supported me for 15 years now, uh, give or take. And uh, every Christmas, we have a, a Christmas dinner at CC City Broiler. Such a fantastic steakhouse. Unbelievable. Uh, and seafood. And I'm, I just, I love the place. I have, from day one, loved going to CC City Broiler for dinner. Uh, in fact, I remember my wife and I uh, had first come to town, and it was snowing, and he had a downtown location. And we went there. They'd already asked if, uh, you know, if I would support, if I would endorse them. And I, I'm very picky about my endorsements. I don't care who it is. I always try to make sure before I endorse them that they, they offer a great service or product. So I didn't tell uh, Scott that I was going there. We went there and had a most incredible dinner, and I, I couldn't wait to come back and tell them, yes, I will endorse them. <clears throat> and I have now ever since. It, it is just a terrific little restaurant. Unbelievable steak. So every, uh, every Christmas, right around Christmas, we have a dinner, and we invite listeners to come in and have dinner with us. And they open up early for us. Uh, they staff the whole place. They prepare everything. And uh, it's just great fun. I get to meet all of you. And so we announced yesterday that uh, we, were, we were set. I'd, I'd made the deal uh, with CC's What Day. And uh, the day is uh, Sunday, December 18th at 12 o'clock noon. We will meet at CC City Broiler. They will bring in their staff early for us. It will be just us. Uh, usually I try to get a speaker in there, someone, and it's never a long speak. I, I, I'm good with 10 minutes, uh, 15 on the outside, a uh, little Q&A included in all that. And uh, then we just have dinner and we talk and we meet and it's great fun. I enjoy doing it every year. So we have decided that the 18th at noon, Sunday the 18th of December at noon at CC City Broiler is uh, when we'll have our dinner. Now, if you're interested in going, and I have to tell you, uh, we've already, with the one mentioned yesterday, uh, we've got uh, half the restaurant full. Uh, so let me just throw this open. If you're interested in going to dinner with us at CC City Broiler on the 18th, Sunday the 18th at 12 noon, you have to go to GaryNolan.com and send me a message. And in that message should be your phone number, your email address, the number of people, uh, and your name. And we'll, uh, you know, make sure that, uh, that you get in. Uh, and if we get uh, to the point where we're, we've got more people than we have seats, and we always do, uh, we'll put you in order of your request on standby and uh, because people you know have plans made and things happen uh and and they have to change them at the last minute and uh, we we get a notice from you if you change your mind then we can let somebody else in so if you're interested in going to dinner with us at cc's and i don't care where you're at uh springfield jeff city lake of the ozarks columbia send me an email 
go to GaryNolan.com and you can see, you send me the message. It'll pop up uh, in studio and I'll see if I can make room for as many of you as we can. Uh, we're not sure who the speaker is going to be. Last year it was going to be Kevin Jackson, but things popped up and and uh, the last minute it it didn't happen. But we'll see what we can do. Okay? Now, that is out of the way. Let's talk about the Dems and the filthy lucre, because they got it. Uh, Yahoo News writes, uh, even before the spectacular collapse of the major cryptocurrency trading platform FTX last week, Republicans and Democrats were going to be in an awkward position regulating the industry given the tens of millions of dollars many lawmakers took from their CEO, Sam Bankman-Fried. Um, but after FTX folded, and with Bankman-Fried put under supervision by authorities in the Bahamas for potential fraud charges, lawmakers are in an even more uncomfortable position as they face the dreaded question, will you give the money back? So... Here's what I will tell you. Uh, to the best of my knowledge, there wasn't one Republican who got money from this clown. They were all Democrats. Uh, the money is filthy lucre. It's stolen. It's ill-gotten gains. And he gave tons of money to the Democrats. And some say this money was routed through Ukraine and back into his organization. But the bottom line is the money was stolen. In the 2022 election cycle... He personally gave more than $13 million to dozens of candidates and campaign organizations. Uh, they say in the story of both parties, but I don't know of any Republicans that got any of his money. While the vast majority of the CEO donations went to Democrats, uh, they say he gave $24 million to Republicans. I, I, I don't know what organizations. The question is, should that money be given back? Two sides to the story. They didn't know it was ill-gotten gains. They got the money. They spent it on the election, and it's gone. Are they held accountable? Should they have to pay it back? Or, in, re in retrospect, knowing that it was stolen money, they should raise funds and pay the money back because there are literally millions of people who are being ripped off because of this guy's shady behavior. 874-9390, toll-free 800-529-5572. Should the Democrats and whatever Republican organizations involved give the money back? Or do they just say, look, it, we spent it during the election. We didn't know it was stolen. 874-9390. 800 529 5572. You tell me. Also, uh, the the, uh, the whole car battery thing, apparently <laughs> the manufacturers are trying to make them more affordable. You're not going to believe what they're doing in order to accomplish that, uh, that uh, feat of uh, funding. Uh, lawyers for uh, President Trump are arguing a new uh, aspect of the case. In uh, Florida, we'll kick that around. And California, they're looking to get rid of a trend that has been around uh, since the founding of the country. 
All that and more coming up on The Gary Nolan Show. And Jennifer Bukowski, who, by the way, was literally sent out of state in order to monitor the elections. What did she find out? We'll know at 1030 on The Gary Nolan Show, the Zimmer Radio Network. 19 minutes after 9 o'clock. Glad to have you with us. Glad to be with you. The question is, should they send the money back? Uh, I am sure by now you've all heard about this uh, cryptocurrency guy who literally ripped millions of people off. Uh, the headline at Yahoo, Democrat, Democrats took his shady crypto money. Will they keep it? Uh, the story is uh, Sam Brody and Ursula Perano. And uh, it's actually from the Daily Beast, but it, it's being uh, recirculated by Yahoo. Even before the spectacular collapse of the major cryptocurrency trading platform last week, uh, Democrats and some Republicans apparently took money from Sam Bankman-Fried. Um, most of the money went to the Democrats, but uh, apparently Republicans got some too. And the money was all stolen. This was not theirs to give away. Now they're in bankruptcy. He's kind of in hiding. Uh, altogether, they gave out uh, $13 million. Personally, just Bankman Freed gave out $13 million. Um, but there, uh, there are other uh, donations uh, from that group. Uh, Salman, uh, which is his lieutenant, gave $24 million uh, to Republicans. Uh, outside uh, PACs associated with the two spent uh, heavily. So they, they threw a lot of money at the race. And everything else that I've read indicates the Democrats got more, but it doesn't matter. They each got millions of dollars. Should they give the money back? Should they be obligated to try and raise those funds and give it back? Because that money was stolen. There are literally millions of people who invested in this guy's group, and they're out the money. Should the political parties say, hey, we didn't know it was stolen. We've spent the money. It's gone. You know, we're sorry, but it's gone. Or should they be obligating themselves to raising money to give it back to pay off all of those millions of people who got ripped off. 874-9390, toll-free 800-529-5572. Susie says Democrats are never accountable for anything, so why would they give the money back? Well, because they care about the little guy. Small investors who put money in his group thinking they could maybe turn a profit or have a secure currency. The more I... Re By the way, and I, I know this is um, probably contrary to a lot of people, but the more I look at cryptocurrency, the less I trust it. I... You know, and of course the government wants to, wants to regulate it. Uh, and I don't think it needs regulated. Uh, here the guy ripped people off. He's going to be held accountable. There are laws against theft already. We don't need any special regulations against special theft. Theft is theft. But I, there's something about it, and maybe it's because I don't completely understand it, but I really don't trust it. You know, if, if you got, if you got a, a, a coin made out of rare metal, 
And you got to hold on to it. It was in your hand. It, maybe it's a, Brian, maybe you and I are just old-fashioned, because I think you Apparently, think the yeah. same way I do. You give me a gold coin or a platinum coin or something that has some value. Something physical. Yeah. As opposed to, oh, no, you have a computer uh, code. It's over there in the cloud. Yeah. What? <laughs> you know. So I, I, if, I, if I had a, something that I could hold on to that was of value, I could see making an investment. But it, it looks to me, and, and crypto people will probably call and explain it more clearly, but it looks to me like what you've got is a number that represents something purchasing power of some kind. And so I don't I don't trust it. I don't know what stops anybody from, you know, like if you started your own cryptocurrency and you said we're only going to make a, a million coins. What's to stop you when those million coins are bought up from printing a few thousand more here and there and turning a greater profit doing in in essence what the Federal Reserve is doing to the dollar. I don't know. It just, it, it's not something I necessarily trust. Uh, Donald Trump is, I think, this evening, and we'll take bets on this one. Uh, do you believe that he is going to formally announce a run for the White House? Or do you think he's going to formally announce that he is not? They're, I mean, he knows they're breathing down his neck. And he clearly must know that there are lots of Republicans who have changed their minds. I got some messages yesterday, even off the air, um, long after the, uh, the program, uh, suggesting... Here, here's one I got uh, at Dark 30 this morning from Kathy. I supported President Trump in his previous two runs for office because he wanted to make our country and our future uh, lives better. I don't support him this time. I believe his motive for running is based upon personal revenge and getting even. So, you know, does he see the handwriting on the wall or does he think it's handwriting on the wall and formally announce he's not running? Or... Does he actually declare? What do you think, Brian? Is he? Is he oh, think he's yeah, gonna... he's definitely going to use this moment to, you know, um, announce his presidency for the second time. And you know, I it's I just wish he would step aside. I don't hate the guy. It's just that his time has passed. Yeah, I don't hate him either. And as I've always said, he did some good things. But it's. And, and this, this, I know this makes people crazy. That See, the thing is, his support inside the party is deep. Not broad, but deep. And it is at least broad enough to affect things like primaries. Uh, you know, whether that holds up at the national level, I don't know. By the way, the Democrats have taken advantage of Claire McCaskill's plot in this last election cycle to pervert the election cycle. They got their cue from Donald Trump, and they went in and supported his candidates that they felt were beatable. And, and yes, I, I'm, a, I'm aware that there is another view of this, uh, but I don't quite buy it. But that's what they did. Whether you think this is the reason that the Republicans didn't get a majority in the Senate or not, that's what they did. I have argued, and you've heard me argue this, Republicans 
and Democrats should not be choosing their candidates on the back of taxpayers. They should not have this public beauty contest that we have to pay for. The Democrat and Republican parties are private organizations. They are not governmental organizations. They're private. The Greens are private. The Libertarians are private. The Socialists are private. They're all private organizations. So if they want to choose a candidate, they should have active members of their party go to their state and national conventions and choose their candidates. Now, some of you may think, well, yeah, they'll choose their insider candidates and, and we'll be stuck with them. But no, you won't. You don't have to vote for them in the general election. But if they did what I'm saying, which is what the libertarians do, we gather every year, uh, every, you know, every time we have a, a national race, we have a national convention, the delegates go down there and they choose what they believe to be the best person for the job. These are people who are involved in the party and involved enough to get on a plane, jump in a car, go where they have to, to vote for the candidate they believe will be best. That's what the Democrats and Republicans should be doing. We shouldn't have to pay for it with our tax dollars. Primaries are ridiculous. Pay for it yourself. Now, the advantage to that is you can't get McCaskilled. You can't get Claire McCaskilled. The Democrats have no influence. They can't come across and vote in, in the other party's primary. It cleans that right out. And we don't have to worry about it. Because I'm seeing this. Now, I'm seeing this all over the place. Gee, should we do this to the Democrats next time around? No. Change the system back to the way it used to be. Don't climb into the mud with the Democrats. Clean it up. Anyway, 874-9390, toll-free 800-529-5572. Should they give the money back? It was ill-gotten gains. Um, also, uh, do you believe Donald Trump is actually going to declare tonight? Uh, let's see what Brian says. I was watching Fox News, and the total was $38 million. All who took that money should be required to return the money uh, to those that were swindled. I don't care if it's forfeiture, if, uh, if asset forfeiture is required, the funds are ill-gotten gains and should be confiscated and returned. Uh, Glenn, crypto is much like our 401 in Social Security. What? Uh, Schrodinger? Well, I don't know what that means. All right. Uh, 874-9390. You can go to GaryNolan.com. Send me a message there, uh, and we'll kick it around. What do you think about my idea? Does it make more sense now that the primaries should be eliminated and that the candidates should be chosen by the, by the political parties at their conventions? Does it make sense to you? I mean, you do that. And get rid of the mail-in vote. And I guarantee you, you're going to see the best candidates and you're going to see the Republicans prevail. California is going to ban something else. Man, they ought to change the name of that state to the banning state.
Details coming up next. Gary Nolan, Zimmer Radio Network. This is the Gary Nolan Show. <laughs> it's 9.35. Jennifer Bukowski, uh, the Republicans uh, sent her out last week to uh, monitor the elections. Uh, we'll uh, get some input from her on exactly what uh, she saw and what she had to put up with. They did it uh, two years ago. Um, she's a brilliant attorney, and so it's not surprising that uh, they tapped her. Um, there, I'm going to, uh, uh, I'll do this very quickly. In California, they may want to ban rodeos. I mean, they ought to call, they ought to call it the banning state, because they ban everything. Flavored uh, vapes, uh, smoking uh, in public, uh, internal combustion engines, and they're just, <laughs> they ban everything. And now, apparently, uh, next on the list, uh, might be uh, rodeos. Oh, they're so cruel. They're just so, and they and they paint this really, um, you know, terrible picture. Earlier this fall, Alameda County supervisors banned the practice of wild cow milking, a timed event in which a lactating beef cow, unused to human handling, has been wrangled from the fields and brought into an arena. There she is separated from her calf. I mean, I almost want to cry now. Tossed into a rodeo ring. I picture her being lifted and thrown into this uh, ring and attacked by three or four men who rope her, pull her tail, wrestle her to the ground and try to hold her still while one of them grabs her teats and milks her. Yeah. Uh, they just... They just ban everything. How stupid. All right, let me do this. Um, you know the administration is now all wrapped up in this man-made global thing. And I keep saying that it is green on the outside, red on the inside. A lot of people don't understand what I'm saying, why I say that. Uh, but here's a piece uh, from Reason Magazine uh, way back in 2007 at uh, COP13 in Bali. Activists argued that rich countries must hand over six hundred billion dollars a year to help poor countries develop economically and adapt to man-made climate change so uh, th that's what i mean by uh, red on the uh, on the inside they want to redistribute wealth for a problem that doesn't exist uh to give and, and you can bet if i were a third world country and i could make this case and get your money <laughs> absolutely even as COP15 in Copenhagen collapsed in 2009, rich countries reluctantly promised to mobilize $100 billion annually for poor countries by 2020. That goal is now expected to be reached next year, three years late. You know, the people who believe in global warming need to do a little homework. They need to find out who did the studies, how the funding was done, what the goal was of the people who funded it. Uh, and just how accurate is the data? Uh, they don't do that. They figure it's the United Nations. They trust it. It must be real. But it's, it's not. I'm not saying there's no global warming. I'm just saying that very, very little of it has anything to do with man-made global warming. Uh, so they're pushing this. And uh, part of that push is these battery-powered cars. And the battery-powered cars are very expensive. We did a piece on it yesterday uh, talking about, uh, you know, just who it is that drives 
Teslas uh, and these other battery-powered cars, they're expensive. You've got to be making a lot of money to buy these things for the most part, especially if you want to buy one new. Wall Street Journal writes in the race to build more affordable electric car, uh, automakers are turning to a lower-cost battery type that could lead to less expensive options. The problem is it delivers less driving range. Several major car companies plan to deploy lithium-ion phosphate batteries, uh, known as LFP, a type commonly used in China, the world's largest market for electric cars. Those iron-based battery cells cost less than the nickel and cobalt combination used widely in North America and Europe. Uh, these auto manufacturers and others say that this type battery could tamp down electric vehicle costs by sidestepping the use of these scarce minerals like nickel and cobalt. But the move requires them to manage performance trade-offs in a thorny supply chain issue. So, in other words, the cars that you can't afford, that don't have great range to begin with, they're trying to make more affordable by using batteries that have even worse range. <laughs> that's, that's really great. Um, automakers have to tweak the chemistry and the design of the battery packs because apparently uh, those battery cells have less energy density than the nickel-based cells. Uh, that means the range... Uh, that it that it can travel between charges is shorter. Um, so there you go. They're they're improving them by making them worse so they could be more affordable. When does the madness end? <sighs> Golly, I wish it would. Uh, I wish this this fraud could be exposed and these kids would wake up and realize the world is not coming to an end. As long as you have the media in the corner of these climate activists, you're not going to win. If you had an opportunity to listen to this CBS report on the starving people in Somalia, because, you know, Somalia has never been oh, that was just, you know, before climate change. Oh, it was heaven. Yes, it was. It, it was Would heaven. you like to hear some of this report, the fear-mongering that's... Yeah, go ahead. Let's do this. To the climate crisis and its often heartbreaking consequences, Somalia is one example where millions of people are suffering from severe drought and famine. CBS's Deborah Pata reports in depth from inside a Somalia hospital where starving children are fighting to stay alive. We do want to warn you that some of these images are disturbing. These are climate change's youngest victims. A severely malnourished child is hospitalized every minute in Somalia, and mothers here don't need climate experts to tell them why. They know it is hotter than it's ever been. And after more than two years of drought, there is nothing to eat. We've just arrived here at this hospital and already a 10-month-old baby girl is being admitted with severe malnutrition and complicated by pneumonia. Baby Fatun opens her mouth to cry, but there are no tears, only a silent scream. Beds fill up quickly at Bay Hospital's pediatric ICU ward in Baidoa. Every child here is in dire medical need. All right, yeah, so like Somalia was heaven in the 80s, uh, like Somalia was utopia at some point. Somalia has been hell forever uh, because Somalia is not a free republic. And 
it's nothing to do with you driving your car. Has nothing to do with that. But they're trying, and, and this, imagine, and this is why I tell you, get your kids out of government schools. Your kid, from grade school on, hears that kind of argument on a regular basis. Is it any surprise that they come away believing that anthropogenic global warming is bringing the world to its knees? This is indoctrination. And the media has admitted that they won't bring on anybody from the other side. They, they won't let the other side have their say. Because it interferes with their belief. It, it, uh, it contradicts them. And they don't want that. And their argument is, well, we don't want to confuse people by letting them hear these lies. They're not lies. They're opinions on both sides of this. And when you look at who is funding these studies, when you look at what they have to gain from funding these studies, when you look at the data and how it's twisted and contorted, you begin to see that, that this whole global argument, uh, this global warming argument is, well, it's, it's almost like mail-in votes. It's crooked. All right, we're up against the clock. We've got to take a quick break. We're going to come right back and chat with you. You're listening to The Gary Nolan Show on the Zimmer Radio Network. I wonder what Joe Manchin does next. I'll give you the details in just a moment. Anson says uh, Trump's only redeeming characteristic was neutralized when he became part of the establishment. When he ran as an outsider in 2016, he could attack every other Republican in the primary because he wasn't part of the team. In 2016, he could tap into GOP rank and file dissatisfaction with his over-the-top attack strategy. He has to use a different playbook or else he'll fail, but he can't. He's a one-trick pony. He's the Mozart of the schoolyard verbal smackdown. Uh, let's see. Carol says, Gary, I think President Trump will announce that he'll delay his important announcement. This is not the optimal time for him to announce uh, that he'll step down. I believe Trump is a man who loves our country, and I believe he realizes that he would be more effective in supporting the Republican candidate that is chosen. By the way, my hubby and I are, love your excellent program. Carol, thank you very much. Appreciate it. Uh, William says, Gary, how many listeners know that along with gun control and profligate spending, Trump also raised the nicotine age to 21? Hmm. Interesting. Joe Manchin, uh, he's got a Republican challenger. I'm not sure how this uh, will affect his vote in the Senate. If it's a 50-50 split, does he become the progressive he really is? Or does he fight the, uh, the Democrats in an attempt to save his seat? Uh, I think a lot of that is going to hinge on Georgia. If Georgia swings to the Republicans, I think Manchin will become, uh, will pretend to be a conservative. Again, uh, we shall see. Uh, in the meantime, uh, let's see, what do we have? 951, okay, Jennifer Bukowski is coming on board with us. She's going to be with us in a half hour. And she has a ton of stuff that she wants to cover. And I think you're going to be interested in it because she uh, actually uh, was sent out of state twice now to watch the elections. Uh, and she has uh, lessons from ne Nevada. 
deployed to Nevada, was there Sunday through Friday evening. In 2020, she was in Wisconsin, then Arizona. Uh, plus, she's a donor, so she gets to see this stuff from various perspectives. In a very blue, uh, it's a very uh, blue state uh, where ballot harvesting is legal and Democrats control the legislature. So she's going to talk about that. Uh, day of Dropbox surpassed their model's most conservative projections. Uh, she's going to talk about how Cortez Mastro beat the odds and sealed the Senate majority. Uh, she's going to talk about midterm lessons generally. Uh, she's got a, uh, a, a need to use a Democrat playbook. Josh Hawley, is he right? Uh, the old party is dead. Time to bury it. Build something new. Uh, Mike Pence might just throw his hat in the ring. I like Mike Pence, but I think he's kind of milk toast compared to, to uh, any of the other candidates. Um, all right, uh, eight seven four ninety three. That's all coming up in about a half an hour, ten thirty five. Uh, in the meantime, uh, what is this, Brian? Personal tax, personal property tax increases. We're not on that uh, topic. Yeah, I knew that. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. Listen, I I don't like the personal property tax. Everybody knows I tried to fight it. Uh, COVID kind of got in the way, uh, but it was still an uphill slug. You know, it, it it was disappointing to me that the multi multi millionaires didn't jump in on that. If that had happened, I think a lot more conservatives would have shown up in the polls that year, and I think that would have swung a couple of key uh, votes. Isn't that when they uh, they voted to get uh, uh, to get rid of the uh, uh, the free state for unions, the uh, right to work state legislation? I think, yeah. I think so. Uh, and they may have also, I think at that time, increased uh, Medicaid uh, spending. I'm not sure. But I know it would have it would have um, it would have changed the election if they had gotten behind it, and I think it would have passed. Well, now that I'm talking about it, I might as well take the call on it. Uh, Dave, welcome. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. I was almost not going to take the call, and then it piqued my interest. Go ahead. What's up? Well, here's here. I got my tax statement on my cars. Yeah. And uh, it was more than it was last year. Yep. And my cars are, I have no new cars or anything. Right. So I, so I called and they, they said, well, it's the state's fault. And I said, it's the state's fault. This is county. Well, they, the state says we have to use ADA, whatever that value is at the time. So now our taxes on our cars is going up between 11 and 18%. And, yeah, and with because the economy the way it is, what, what are we, I mean... The I same know, thing I, applies I to the real estate taxes as well. I got our bill, and it's significantly higher than it was last year. Yeah, those are appraisals. This is just, uh, you know, off the top. You know, one, I can afford it, if, you know, if we have to do it. But I've got friends and family that are just on the edge and all of a sudden now they owe 500 more on their cars that are old. Yep. Uh, it's insane. Anyway, I just... Go ahead. It's insane. Uh, but because of the chip shortage, the value of used cars went up. Uh, people couldn't buy yep. new ones, so the value of the used cars went up, and now the government is taking advantage of that uh, and mm -hmm. soaking you for a car that should be worth less. Yeah, correct. Yeah, it's insane. 
All right, Dave. All right. Well, I, I called Chuck Basie. Uh, hopefully, I can do something about it. Uh, well, we, you know what? I tried. Uh, there was even a state senator that tried, uh, and uh, it didn't happen. Just yeah. It just didn't oh, happen. Thanks, Dave. Glad to have you in the Gary Nolan Show. No, we... We had to draw up the ballot language and everything. We got it approved by the Secretary of State, the Attorney General, everybody else in line. Uh, we got the ballot stuff done. Uh, that we, we had to print up the sheets to get them signed. Uh, and it was a slog because you need a lot of money to do this. And uh, then on top of that, uh, COVID hit and nobody was out face to face. And that just, that just killed it. But we wanted to get rid of it. We worked really hard and came close. Dave Rowland, uh, Rick Combs, and myself um, to get rid of that personal property tax. And the hubris of people who, who disagree, well, uh, you know, we need that to fund the schools, like I care about the schools. But the fact is that almost every other state in the union, in, in almost every other state in the union, they don't have a personal property tax on your car. And they manage to fund their schools just fine. If they can do it, why can't we? Because we've always done it this way. Yeah, that's the mentality. And the irony of this is is the stupidity of it. Here it is, uh, middle of November. You're getting ready to buy Christmas gifts for your family. And you suddenly get this whopper of a bill from the county. And you have to decide, in some cases, what am I going to do? Am I going to pay for this, or, or am I going to, you know, make my kids a, a, a wonderful Christmas memory? And when you don't pay for it, next thing you know it, you get stopped for expired tags, uh, and uh, then you're in a world of hurt. Then, then they take the car, they, they, lock, they just lock you out. It's, it's foolish. You've already paid for it. The guy who does our morning show, really talented guy, Brandon Rathard, he now owes me money because I said that, uh, at our home station in Columbia. When he moved back to Missouri, he thought they made a mistake. I was stunned, too. I got a tax bill of, when I first moved here, and I, I thought, why, why am I getting a tax bill? I, I paid tax on this car when I bought it. And they said, oh, no, no. You will owe this tax forever, sir. Forever. Welcome to Missouri. Yeah. <laughs> So now the government goes out and they they weigh the value of every motorcycle, every motorboat, every airplane, every automobile, every everything. Declare what you owe and then they spend money printing the bill and they pay the postage and send it out to you. And you go back and send them something and you got to give them money. And it, I mean, it just it's pathetic. Just pathetic. And it's worse in counties like Boone County. All right. Jennifer Bukowski in about 30 minutes on The Gary Nolan Show, the Zimmer Radio Network. This is The Gary Nolan Show 